dim those lights it's box office preview time i am your host greg Earhart, contributor to onstage blog and on screen and joining me today my co-host it's a good thing we don't do a football preview podcast because he would call all my storylines non-stories it's on screen (laughs) chief critic ken jones ken welcome how are you I'm good. You uh, you almost went full Oprah there with the opening there. I know, I know. <laughs> well, you know, look, we're entering into one of the most wonderful times of year for uh, for movies. You know, the Christmas and, season. And, and yeah, I was going to say also one of the most wonderful times of the year. <laughs> it, right, right, exactly. So, it's good. We're entering the home stretch. Uh, you know, before our little uh, early 2020 hiatus, and we got a lot of big movies to come, uh, talk about. And uh, it's been a couple weeks uh, since uh, we last joined you to talk about movies. So uh, we're going to take a little unconventional format um, to start off with. We, we want to hit a couple. We want to do some movie movie reviews uh, first. Uh, before we get to Frozen 2, which I, which I saw with my daughter, with my family, my daughter and my wife, I want to briefly talk on, Ken, you talked on... Uh, the last episode about Charlie's Angels and you know why it struggled and why it take. I just want to get a quick thought in here about it. And I thought Go most your, I thought most of your thoughts are in line. I really I really think so. And I'm going to speak to this as I have this on my fantasy box office roster. Um, I was I was bullish on it. And the main I was bullish on it for two reasons. One is I looked at the IP track record. It's pretty good as we discussed. I mean, both movies again, it was, you know, a while ago, but they had, they broken six digits, you know, in the, in the box office. And I kind of trusted Elizabeth Banks to, uh, to do a good movie here. Um, and it was decently reviewed, but I think the problem you touched upon this two problems. One is again, too young. Like I, I again, the, 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 the new movie stars were, they're clearly going for a younger audience. Not established enough, yeah. Exactly. And the younger audience doesn't give a you-know-what about Charlie's Angels or the IP, right. or even spy thrillers, for that matter. Um, two is, and I think this is true for many movies, especially with older IP, is they really they really need to think about the audience point of view as to what's going to make an audience member sit up and take notice and go be intrigued to see this movie. And I think they can take a note from Marvel on this. Um I was thinking, like, what would what would what could possibly compel me to see Charlie's Angels? The only thing I could think of was, like, if they did an old versus new guard, something like that. Like, if they brought in like Cameron Diaz and Lucy Liu and Drew Barrymore, even two out of three, even just one out of three, and pit them against the the new the new guard, you know, whoever. So Christian wait, Stewart. make the old guard the villains? Yeah. Oh yeah. Whoa. Somehow, right? Right. Exactly. Whoa. Right. So. You know, the I think the conventional thing is to team them up or pay, you know, pass the baton or something. But like, let's make them the villains instead, or, or do something along those lines. Like, be bold. You know, make it like, oh, hmm. like you know, Cameron Diaz still has a high approval rating, I think. And I don't know about Lucy Liu and Drew Barrymore, but that would be fascinating to kind of see her go against these, you know, these, these young up and comers, and you know, make a spy movie, a thriller out of it. Um, but you know. They they played it safe and and it, and it shows and no one really cares you know so that was uh, that was the only thing I wanted to get in there and it frankly deserved to bomb and it is and I really regret taking it versus uh, Little Women which you know <laughs> so Little you Women have regrets a couple of, so I have lots lots of regrets <laughs> um, so let's that's enough about that let's get to Frozen two have you seen Frozen two okay. I have I actually saw it uh, the Thursday night that uh, uh, before it released. Interesting. Uh, okay. Yeah. 
I figured uh, that was a good time to go since I was going by myself. You know, yep. you never want to be the 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 lone guy in his mid thirties going <laughs> to a movie theater full of moms and and kids. Yes. You know. Right. Just not, uh, exactly. Nobody wants that. Yeah, they would be eye- if you sit in the back row. They would be eyeing you the entire I time. Set up at the very front too. <laughs> right. so it's like right. right there. So what'd you think? What'd you think? I thought it was. I thought it was fine. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's. Uh, yeah, you can you can go online and uh, read my review. Uh, I thought you know, uh, I, the songs didn't quite reach the heights of the first one, and um, you know, it still had it still hit. Uh, a lot of the same familiar themes of like family and 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 everything. So mm-hmm. uh, I enjoyed, I appreciated that. Um, but yeah, it was just you know probably like 80 percent of what the first movie was. I thought. Yeah, so I, I have similar thoughts as you. Uh, I actually thought the movie was too short, which is something oh, I don't really? usually say about movies. I thought it had a, had a good epic tale to it. Um, I thought in order to cover the epic tale in 90 minutes, they took a lot of plot shortcuts. Mm. Um, I thought there was things they just could have dragged, not dragged out, but really developed more and fleshed out more and really kind of give it, because it is an adventure, it's a mystery, and it just didn't feel that way because it was 90 yeah. minutes. And again, it, just it, the way they... I also, I thought the the mystery wasn't very mysterious. No. Like, no. you kind of, you, you, you never like remember, to say... five to I know. 12 years. Exactly. You never like to say that uh, a, a kids' movie is too simple, but like you, you can, like you said, they could have added a little bit more to, you know, make it a little more mysterious, maybe, and and flush stuff out. But yeah, because like at the end, um, when they reached the conclusion, the climax, you didn't feel you didn't feel exhausted getting there. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, you finally got here, and then look what happened. It's all like, oh, we're already at the end. You know, so wait, you, are you so, saying it needed like? Five endings like uh, Return of the King. <laughs> we didn't need five, though. But um, <laughs> but no, I just I just I, ninety minutes is kind of tough for that plot. Yeah, for that particular plot. Mm-hmm. I think for the first movie it worked fine. Um, but again, with you, I thought the music was good. I think I think they had a couple really catchy songs that you know uh, Ashley wanted to hear again when we got out of the movie theater. So it's always kind of a good sign that your music. Hopefully good. not by Panic at the Disco. <laughs> no. I was not impressed by that one. No, yeah, that was a straight. That was a really strange choice. Yeah, I agree. Um, the the other comment I wanted to make on Frozen Two was, I'm noticing a trend, particularly with Disney, that they they're really they try they make these sequels with a point. Like they really want this character to experience this. Like for example, like uh, Wreck It Ralph Two. It was very clear they designed that sequel because they wanted to make they wanted to have Penelope and Ralph have their moment, like where Ralph understands a friendship, and then right. Penelope goes their own way. But to Isn't me, that basically like the same plot in in some ways. Kind of, yeah, <laughs> right. But they both end up in very similar places, right? And they reverse engineer the movie to support that, which I'm yeah. okay with. But but my point is, like with Wreck It Ralph that moment should have happened at the third movie, you know, because after you like, you really see that friendship really develop and go through ups and downs. And then you really feel that moment when Penelope and Ralph's like, okay, it's time to let you go. We're still friends. We're still buddies, but it, it you don't, that's not earned at the end of the second movie, at least from my point of view is not, maybe others feel differently. I feel the same way with frozen. Like they did the kind of the same thing where they really tried to make it a big moment where Anna would rule Arendelle by herself, but it, it doesn't feel that oh, way. Oh, spoilers. 
Oh, sorry. Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> um, so the the big moment I, to me, this doesn't pay off because it's the end of the second movie. Because again, it kind of rushed it. Like it, it felt like that should have been at the end of the third movie instead of the second because it's just not quite as earned, you know, as 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 it would be like in a, a proper trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was so that was my only thing. Uh, if you have not seen it, go see it. It's worth it. Um, I wouldn't be blown away particularly by anything, but it's it's good. Music's good. Olaf's funny for. Five to twelve year olds, and uh, and go for it. Literally everything Olaf said during the movie, the kids that were in the the screening I saw, they laughed every time. Mm-hmm. Ash, yep, literally, literally every line, <laughs> they laughed. Okay. Did did uh, you did you happen to see Knives Out? I have not. No. Oh, okay. No. Um, you want to talk about that weekend at least? Uh, you won both. Uh, predictions i believe yeah yes yeah. So we can talk about the weekend so yes yeah. so good weekend overall in the box office uh knives out we'll start with that uh had a very nice weekend 27 uh 26.8 million um for the friday through sunday with a total of 41 uh starting with its opening on wednesday we both uh were under although i was a little bit i had i had more faith, i was so way I could... under <laughs> i have I, honestly like i have no feel for these five day weekends, they, yeah, they, they throw me for a loop. Yep. Yeah, that's hard. I had 19 and a half, you had 17 and a half. So I win that movie. Uh, but very good result for Knives Out. It's a very strong mm. opening. And, uh, yeah, it's well on its way to like $100 million, probably. Yeah, it's it's perfect for this Thanksgiving weekend because you can take a date, you can take your family, you can take your mom, dad, whoever. You can take it, you know, you can take your teenagers, you know. Um, Frozen, uh, do you want to talk about that? Uh, Frozen had their opening week at 130. I predicted, I said 300 million by the end of Thanksgiving week was not a stretch, and man, it came close. Uh, ended at 289 million, 288.8. So it almost got there, but that's that's an incredible run over Thanksgiving. Um, fairly predictable, I would say, because I mean, you, every family is going to go see it. <laughs> you know, it's one of the biggest Disney uh, movies uh, in a generation. So, so good for Frozen. And I want to highlight just a couple of other, other movies, just highlight their box office so far. Um, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood opened at 13. Right now it's standing at 34 million. So that's, we're already almost at three multiplier with that. Also want to highlight Midway. So Midway surprised its opening weekend at seven at around seventeen million. It's already yeah. it's already trucking along at fifty at the end of Thanksgiving week. That's a three multiplier, and uh, I think it, if it hangs around in theaters, I think it has a little bit more ways to go. I think it's a bit yeah. polarizing. Um, pe- people either love it, people either love it or hate it. I think I think people that just appreciate the spectacle and just like the story, are going to love it. If you're really looking for a movies movie, I, I don't think it's going to be. It's a Roland Emmerich production, so right. <laughs> you know. I mean, but. it's at 53 now. Uh, it's probably going to top out around 60 because yeah. this past weekend was just under two million. So right, yep. yeah, so, that's good. yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah no, it's. I mean, for that's a three and a half uh, multiplier, so that's very good. Um, Joker still keeps moving at 330 million, which is incredible. And um, Maleficent very quietly is at 112 million. Um, that's that's a movie I've heard absolutely no one talk about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's that's trucking along. That's, that's actually trucking. similar to the first one when it came out. Just it came <laughs> out uh, mid or early early in the summer and just kept going. It was still in theaters in like September. Yeah. And then lastly, uh, Terminator Dark Fate. Man. Yeah. 
61, a dark fate indeed. 60, 61 million. 61 million. <laughs> Only in 780 theaters at this point. It is just sad, sad, sad. Okay. One other um, and then one other movie I wanted to talk about is The Irishman. It, it did not come out in theaters, but this was a movie we had posited uh, in our preview. We were wondering what kind of opening this would have if it came out, you know, November 22nd, something like that. Uh, we were both, I think, I know I was in the 30, I thought it would open around 30 million. Uh, do you remember what your thoughts were on that? Uh, I do not. Okay. I think you were in that in that range, and and we were both like, that's a pretty high number, and that was, again, pretty bold for Scorsese to sort of forsake that kind of open and uh, go through Netflix. And they opened in a few theaters and stuff. Um, but interesting, I just wanted to highlight a story that came out uh, actually today and where Netflix released some numbers. They said the Irishman racked up 17 million uh, viewers in its opening, I think it said it's the opening first five days of release. So you multiply it now, if you were to take all that and times it by movie ticket price, you're getting at 170 million, which, you know, it's, we definitely know that, probably, that would, yeah. right. It, that would definitely not happen if it actually no. did full wide release. But I, I'm starting to think like 30 million might've been a little soft, you know? So, I mean, this maybe. Is maybe, yeah, I mean, it could have gone maybe 40, 40, 40 to 50, maybe. Um, there would have been a lot of buzz. The reviews were good. Um, I, I don't, there's no way they could do a three and a half hour movie in the theater so i think uh Scorsese well they did uh, i wouldn't saw it in the theater in a small i right they did it smartly <laughs> so i think it, for this the studios to really oh yeah 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 the they, they wouldn't have yeah yeah although no. i mean to be fair wolf of wall street was over three hours too yeah it does like three in a minute right three at 302 yeah. i think yeah so i yeah they definitely could have gone along with three i think not three i don't think 330 no. uh, i don't know well your thoughts on the irishman real quick um, it, I, I really liked it. I will say it, it, I liked it and I felt all three and a half hours of its, of its <laughs> runtime. Uh, I don't know if it was just, uh, I was a little tired going into it. Um, but yeah, I definitely felt it. Uh, it, I'm so, <laughs> I saw it two weeks ago. I'm still kind of processing it. Um, yeah. Kind of does work as like a, a mini series. And I know that Scorsese is kind of, uh, directly push back on that but um so let, let, let me put it this way everybody like I, I think i mentioned this to you a little while ago um uh, everybody uh considered oj made in america which was like a, a five or six part seven part documentary to be a film and that was that was like eight hours right told over like five or six episodes of of uh, on espn um right. and it made all kinds of end of the year lists last year so, like, that was looking at the documentary in a slightly different way. I feel like The Irishman is kind of also doing something different with uh, with cinema uh, in that regard, too, where it's 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 adapting almost like a, a miniseries feel uh, to to a movie format um, by putting it on Netflix so people can kind of absorb it and digest it at their own pace. Right, right. So I, I, I really liked it. I, I like you. I'm still thinking about it, and I know a lot of people have said they liked it, but never want to watch it ever again. I, I, I disagree. I'm actually, 
I'm not I'm not about to immediately sit down with it for another three and a half hours, but there there are definitely definite parts of it I really want to watch again and sort of look for uh, certain themes and stuff that Scorsese was getting at. I was very impressed that I really didn't look at my watch or the runtime during it. And again, it's I, not a- I resisted looking at my watch. I, I wanted to a <laughs> really? couple of times. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I I really thought for a movie that was not a lot happening during most of it. They was able to really keep the, the viewer's interest, I mm-hmm. think, just in terms of, again, I think when you have De Niro and Pesci and Pacino all together, you know, mm-hmm. acting, I think that's kind of what How you How nice get. was it to have Pesci back, man? Yeah, it really was. Oh. Yeah, I missed him. I forgot, I forgot how much yeah. I missed him. He was good, and the guy who I thought almost stole the movie in a sense wasn't Pacino, Stephen Graham. Um, you, know, you know who he is, right? No. So Stephen Graham, he played Al Capone in um, in uh, Broad- Boardwalk Empire. I forget his character's name in this, but he was the key guy that Pacino, that Jimmy Hoffa was dealing with. He was the younger punk, basically. That he, you know, oh, he would blow him okay. off the in the beginning. The guy that kept showing up late and yes, they yeah. got into a fight with him in prison. Okay, yes, correct. I thought <laughs> he was great, and I really yeah, he hope was. he gets some type of. He probably won't get any type of nomination in any of these award shows, but I really hope he gets some love somewhere or another because outside of the big three, I thought he was uh, he was incredible. And uh, shout out to Ray Romano, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He was good. I, I didn't even know he was in the movie. That was a surprise to me. I'm like, wait, I was like, what? <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, you know who else I thought gave a terrific performance. And this isn't to troll the uh, the people that are complaining uh, about how many lines she got, but <laughs> Anna Pack, like seriously, like Anna Packman was amazing. Yes, she was in in a almost wordless performance. Yes, and yes. and the the lack of dialogue is actually a plus for that for that role. Yeah, and and as you said on Twitter, it's essential to the story. Yeah, right, right. And you know, call that sexist all you want, but it is. And this is, you know, you want to make a different story, go make it. But this is the story of Scorsese wanted to make. She was, she was so good. And the and the younger the girl that played the younger version of the character too. I was really impressed with her. Yes. Yes. So I thought um, what, the only other thing I wanted to call out was I really I thought the last 45 minutes when Scorsese really dives into the mortality themes, you know, the story mm. when they really come to grips with aging. I thought it was uh, the scene where they're eating bread and wine was a little bit much. Scorsese loves uh, uh, Christ themes and well, they were doing that earlier in the rest. They did that oh. actually throughout the movie. Yeah, they did, right. But it was really yeah. kind of beat over the head, you know, in that particular mm-hmm. scene in the prison. And, and uh, I, was like, I was like, come on. Like, we get it, yes. <laughs> Their last supper, okay. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Um, but other than that, yeah, so uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, I think we say both check it out. Mm-hmm. Do we think it's a really a best picture candidate? I guess so. Um, I mean, we have I think it, I think it's nominated. I'm not sure it wins. I, I, I feel like... It may have a better shot than than um, Roma had last year. Mm-hmm. Where, oh, def- oh, it definitely will. Where uh, I, I I feel like last year was kind of like a breaking point where everyone thought Roma would be the winner. Yeah. Uh, but there was still kind of like that studio bias <laughs> against Netflix. Right. And it feels like that might not be sustainable this year. Yeah, like they can't. Like they got away with it last year. I'm not sure they can get away with that this year. So, we, but we'll we, get into that 
We'll have separate podcasts. Yeah. Oscar, I have a feeling this is going to be a pretty wide open race. I think there's going to be a few movies that are going to stake a claim. I think you're going to marriage story. I think Mm -hmm. might end up being being a very slight favorite um, when all said and done. But I think there's other people coming to raise. Little Women still has to make an entrance. I Mm -hmm. think there's even some buzz for Uncut Gems, which we'll get into a little bit later. uh, That comes out this week. And uh, so it should be an interesting uh, box office race, which uh, uh, Oscars race, which we'll get into later. Okay, let's get to okay, let's get to the releases this week. Um, so we have a f- we have actually quite a few releases. We're not going to spend a lot of time on all of them. We're going we're gonna concentrate on two of them. One being a Jumanji: The Next Level, uh, that was a major release coming out this year. The first. Um, the Jumanji movie that came out a couple years ago um, was a surprise hit. It, the box office ended up, it had an incredible run, ended up mm. at more than $400 million. That was in the wake of The Last Jedi. It was it was a huge smash. Uh, it helped me win the box, fantasy box office that year, so I'll always hold it in uh, high esteem um, when it comes to me. So I, we both liked uh, the first Jumanji movie. We thought it was fine. It was fun. It was one of the only good video game <laughs> kind of movies we've had. And by had. that, you mean the second Jumanji movie. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> so so a pleasant surprise. I thought the chemistry was good uh, between Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart, Kevin Gillen, and, um, Jack, and Black. Jack Black. So they all, they all brought it back, and the plot is fairly similar. Uh, the main twist being that the so the video game the quote unquote video game characters are back, but now they're playing well Kevin Hart and Dwayne Johnson are playing old people as played by Danny DeVito Danny and Danny Glover. Danny Glover gets sucked into the video game. <laughs> right. Grumpy old men in the that's video right. game. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Gone so, fishing in a video game. Right, right. And you know, a walk you this... in the woods in a video game. <laughs> when you have I this kind of off. movie, right? There's not too many places it can go because you got to keep it light. You got to keep it funny. Um, the bucket so. list in a video right. game. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you. Let me ask you, Ken. Uh, well, I'm going to ask you a question. I already know the answer to, but you know, d- did this movie really need a sequel? Uh, does the story compel you? You had to go see it. Ah, uh, the story doesn't compel me. The the cast compels me. Yeah, and the the enjoyment, the surprise enjoyment of the first mo- uh, sorry, first sequel, uh, compels me to go see it. Yeah. So this is so Jumanji sort of started, I think, a rebirth in the video game genre movie. Um, one of the trailers that came, we had a lot of trailers come out. Um, come out this past couple weeks and one of them was uh, a ryan reynolds movie oh right yeah. basically right he's basically inside a video game but he doesn't realize it you know it's kind of like in a grand theft auto type game where he's one of um the side characters whose job it is to be killed and beat up and whatever and he takes control and stuff so we, and we've had you know ready player one was you know quite a video game movie but kind of sort of there's a lot of video game stuff that happens um in it so what do you think about this as a genre that could be further fleshed out, you know, in the coming years? Uh, I think that if they stick to not actually adapting real video games, (laughs) they might be okay. Right. Because most of the uh, movies that have been made based on actual video games have not been great. Right. Right. And been like 
actively bad. Right. Uh, and Jumanji, which is not based on a video game, ended up being the oh. best video game movie ever made. <laughs> right. <laughs> so enough. we know. So this this definitely came up in a uh, a big strategy meeting in Hollywood. Like, how do we get these people off video games into the theater? <laughs> oh, I know. We make how. the movies the video game. <laughs> right. So, but I think the twist. I think the way I think the only way this genre could work is sort of to your point where they're not adapting the video game, but maybe they have the video game world that someone you adapt gets thrown the elements, into. Yeah, yeah. So like someone gets thrown into like Super Mario World. So you're not playing out the story, but you're in right. You're in the world, and yeah. anything can happen. Basically, well, I mean that's also kind of what Ready Player One was like. Correct. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and that that had a lot of elements in that as well. That was again, that was more of a virtual reality play kind of thing, um, right? You know, but um, so I think that's I, that's where my prediction where this is this is going to go, and it all depend on rights to what video game universes they have, you know, the rights to. But um, we'll see. I, you know, it, as many people pointed out when the Ryan Reynolds trailer uh, came out. It's a it's totally original content, and if it's original content, we're game for it. We have to support it because <laughs> everything else that's coming out in twenty twenty is existing IP or sequels right. or reboots and stuff. So if that's the only original content they have, then you know, uh, okay, yeah, we we can see. There's there's definite possibilities. Um, we've talked a lot as far as other storylines for the movie. So Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Hart, uh, Kevin Hart is still on the men, so we wish him well and hope hopefully gets better and continues to do more movies. Dwayne Johnson, we've talked about a bunch this year. He's the biggest star in Hollywood. Uh, I think high approval rating generally. I think generally high approval rating between the two of us. Um, I think we I think we kind of want to see him push the limits a little bit more. Um, I thought I thought the main storyline for me to look at, and you can go back and talk about Kevin Hart and Dwayne Johnson if you want, is Karen Gillan. Um, She's another actor uh, coming out of the MCU, and we've talked about it with Chris Evans. We're really interested to see how these actors come out and where they branch out. And Karen Gillan did uh, the previous Jumanji movie while still involved in the MCU, so this isn't technically a new role. But I think you and I, I think you and I both, uh, to me, I thought she was the best part of the movie. The, the oh part, yeah, the, the previous Jumanji movie. Um, she really displayed her comedic chops. She was great. She was magnetic. Um, she owned it with the action and the comedy. Uh, the only the reason I would see this would be really for her um, to see what else she brings uh, to it. And she's an actress. I'm really looking. Um, I'm really watching closely. What what I would say she'd be my top three out of the MCU. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on Karen Gillan? Oh, I'm I'm a fan. Yeah, just just like you. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking to see what else she's doing. Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen her in some other stuff. Uh, she was in that horror movie Oculus. I thought she was really good in that. Oh, really? Um, oh, I don't. Oh, it's funny. I don't remember that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, to uh, her roles in in the future. Okay. Uh, anything about Jack Black? Any, any, any excited to see Jack Black? Um, again? I think it's a good use of Jack Black. <laughs> it which, is. Yeah. Um, you can't always say the last couple, like I don't know, decade. Yeah, right. <laughs> I do. I do kind of worry that um, about his character in this movie, just because I think the the um, the the teenager or student that gets sucked in to the game as a, his playable character uh, is a uh, a black guy, 
And so I'm mm. worried about him maybe doing mm. an accent like that or, you know, right, affectation, right. Uh, which I couldn't tell from the trailer if he was doing that or not, which yeah. if that's the case could maybe be problematic. Right. Well, could you imagine him trying to do Robert Downey Jr.'s character in Tropic Thunder again, like in this year? No. Like that, that would just even and, and they did it that he. Robert Downey Jr. was playing an Australian actor playing, playing a black yeah. guy, <laughs> but still, like, I, and so that was their way, I think, around it. But the, I, today, I just, I don't think they, they, there's no way they do that, yeah, you know. No. And uh, yeah, no, so. it, 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 that would be, yeah, that, yeah, you're, you're right. Okay, let's get to see, don't see. Um, let's get to see, don't see. Okay, we rank categories of the movie based on negative three to positive three, based on how interested are we in to see the movie, based on the category alone as it pertains to the movie. Let's start with Dwayne Johnson. See or don't see. All you know about uh, the movie is he is starring in the movie. See or don't see. Yeah, I'm probably a three. Mm. I feel like was he in another movie this year? Oh, I, I feel like we. I, I was gonna say. I, th- I feel like yeah, yeah. Hobson Shaw. Uh, right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I. Yeah, I think I said three then, and I'm still probably a three now. Okay. I'm a two. I, I like him. Um, I really. It's the I, rock. I enjoy. You know? Right. I I like him when he's either doing. He's playing his Hobbs character actually, um, or something really uh, funny. You know, which this yeah. sort of is. I don't call it it's, really he, funny. It's sort of a blend. Right. But he's playing uh, a, a little bit. He's playing a little bit against type, uh, right. but not not entirely like tooth fairy against type. Right, I will not be looking forward to seeing him in Jungle Cruise that uh, comes out next year because that's just like I think a standard vanilla character mm-hmm. uh, he's going to play. Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. I'm probably uh, at a uh, one or two. Can I say one and a half? No, you could say a strong one, <laughs> but that's uh, okay. Strong, strong one, strong one. Okay. I enjoy most of his mainstream comedies. That he's been in over the last five or six years. Yeah, I appreciate also mostly with The Rock. Right, ironically, right. that's right. I appreciate his talent. Um, again, I'm not sure his humor totally just jives with mine and my sensibilities. Probably a weak one. Uh, but uh, so you're a strong one. I'm a weak one. Well, let's let's call it that way. Uh, Karen Gillan. Um, probably is and also a strong one. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think I really, I, I really, again, I, I forgot she was an Oculus. I have to look back and see who she was. She uh, was the, the sister in that movie. Yeah, but but I had to see like a YouTube okay. scene to to remind myself. Like, um, so I I really think she was great in Nebula, especially in the last couple yeah. Avengers movies. Um, I, I think I'm again not strong too, but probably a soft too. Soft, soft too on her. Uh, Jack Black. Jack Black. Um... Uh, let me look at his IMDb real quick. <laughs> so, so while you do that, I'll give my you story. go ahead. Um, so I recently put on Goosebumps for Ashley. She wanted to see it, and I was actually curious about it myself. My my brother recommended it. He showed it to his son. You know, and they they really liked really liked it. Uh, yeah, he's he's just really fun for that type of genre. You know, it's mm-hmm. Jack Black doing Jack Black things just for, you know, a little bit more age-appropriate audience. And, uh, you know, he's good. He's talented. I, I kind of wish... I, I really enjoyed his performance in Bernie. Do you remember that movie? That's where he plays, yes. like... Yes, that was yeah. very good. He's really that was good also, like, 2008. 
Right. Oh no, I know it was a while ago, but like. Oh, I'm sorry. 2011. Yeah. So I really hope he returns to Oscar Beatty cut movies because in the right role, yeah. he's, he's he's super good. I'm a two. I, yeah, I'm a two on Jack Black. Okay. Um, probably a soft one. Okay. Uh, but if, like you said, he were to give Richard Linklater a call and uh, <laughs> say, "Hey, Bernie and School of Rock buddy, let's get together and do something," I right. would I would be more interested. Uh, Jumanji franchise. All you know, it this movie is part of the Jumanji franchise. Uh, you know what? I, I like the original enough from 1995. Um, haven't revisited it in probably I don't know 20 years. Yeah, but I was I was surprised, genuinely surprised by how much I enjoyed the the, the uh, Welcome to the Jungle right. sequel a couple years ago. So I would um, I would say probably a, a two actually. Too given, okay. yeah. Um, okay. just as uh, you know, kind of good, mindless action fun, right? At so, I mean, again, I, I liked it. I, I actually I have not seen the end of it. I watched like two thirds or three fourths through, it and, I, and I was sort of like, All right, I got the idea of the movie, oh. you know, it's sort of like, oh. uh, and I just turned it up. Well, I had something to do, you know, and oh. I, I never returned to it. Like, um, three and a half hours of uh, Irishman watching. <laughs> so, I um, I think I'm a zero on this. I, I, I enjoyed myself, but I don't. I think I have a feeling also based on reviews that this is sort of second verse, same as the first. Uh, so I think I'm a zero zero just from the Jumanji point of view, um, video game movies. All you know is that the, it is a video game movie. You don't know if it's a direct mm. adaptation or if it takes place inside a video game, just a video game based movie. See, or I mean, there's been, like we <laughs> said earlier, there's been some progress on that front, but, uh, right. there's right. so many, <laughs> bridges burned in the past uh i'm, I'm gonna uh generously say negative one negative one okay um i i'm with you i remember all the terrible ones but i'm still holding out hope that they're eventually figured it out and they, again they've started to i think figure it out so right now i'm i'm waiting to see i'm a zero i'm a zero on the concept uh Movies, a uh, body switching movies. All you know is the movie it features. <laughs> it's a body switching movie, and there's plenty. Yeah. There's been plenty of them, and uh, this is one. Of there them. have. Yeah. <laughs> see or don't see. Uh yeah. I'm gonna say a zero. Zero. That doesn't. That doesn't really do anything for me. I. I this is a genre I really like. I think it works <laughs> most of the time. Face Off is one of my favorite movies, and that's technically oh, well, a face. Yeah. That's technically a face switching movie, but it's right. really a body switching movie. Part of your body, uh, right? And you just you get the right guys. Your face in it. is part it's of your just, body. Yeah. Right, right. So <laughs> you get the right people involved, and it's just it's just did, funny. It just is. And, uh, did you two. see the Ryan Reynolds one with uh, Jason Bateman? I have like, not. Well, I see. Uh, I saw a little. I saw a little bit of it. It was on cable at some point. I, I watched okay. a little bit of it, and I, you know, again, great, you know, and. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, I'm, I'm in last, last, but certainly not least. Um, movies where old people humor is central to the movie. You know, mm. it's either making fun of old people or just yeah, again people acting like old people. Big part of the movie. See. Uh, again, there's there's very good and very very bad <laughs> with this. Uh-huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna stick with a zero zero on that one. 
So what's the highest score we can do? 30? If I can do a 30, I'm going to put a 30 on here. I am strong three. Strong get, three. Give it to me. Grumpy old three. Grumpy, grumpy old men, grumpier old men. Directed any, by Clint Eastwood. Any, directed by Clint Eastwood. Uh, my, what was, oh, that car movie that he did, or the, or the uh, Grand um, Gran Torino, right? Grand Torino. Um, any Simpsons episode that features Abe Simpson or Monty Burns, I'm in. Like, just, just give it to me. Um, uh, yes, three, 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 three. Okay, so you're. We have some good scores here. Uh, you are a seven out of seven, so you have some interest. I am a twelve. Wow. A twelve out of seven. You're wow. in the double digits. <laughs> good for you, buddy. I'm proud right, of just you. Just give us a body switching old, old, old people. Right, right. I'm in. About I'm time. In. Okay. I have two bonus questions. Uh. So instead of what we have here, what if the movie, it was a movie where you watched Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart and Karen Jill and, and uh, Jack Black, they played video games instead of actually being in the movie. So you watched, it was, it's kind of like the wizard. So it's sort of like right. combining this with the wizard and they just played video games for two hours. Are you, are you or, more or less interested? In it? I would be more interested if you swapped out one of those actors for Danny uh-huh. DeVito. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Good. Good. I like it. <laughs> uh, but overall, I would be less interested. Oh, okay. All right. Just because. Um, yeah. That yeah. that would be like a good, like I don't know, segment on like Conan O'Brien or or Colbert or, or Jimmy Fallon you, or something did, like did that. Did your but... parents or grandparents ever play your video? Game? Right. Did yeah? Did your parents or grandparents ever play video games? No. Your, your I, video think, games? I think. I think I'm. I think I maybe got my mom to play on on a Wii, like <laughs> one those one like oh, yeah, that, that a decade ago. Yeah, no, that but no, not when I was not when I was a kid. Yeah, to your point, it'd be a great Jimmy Fallon segment to throw sixty-year-olds, right. seventy-year-olds on like right a PlayStation or Xbox like Halo and just <laughs> just watch it, just watch them play for out. Uh, so yeah, to answer your question, no, I'm less interested uh, <laughs> for the reasons you said. Oh, to okay, answer well, your I, question. <laughs> right to answer my own question. <laughs> Lastly, uh, instead of Danny DeVito and Danny Glover uh, being on the outside looking in, where they're switched to, what if they were actually inside Actual the video characters game? in the game? Right, they were the characters in EY and and they were the stars of the video <laughs> game. So you know, they were the, yeah. like, <laughs> wouldn't that be like the worst video game ever? No, you're, well, you're, I mean, well, I, that's a challenge. Yeah, you're right. It would have to be like. It would be the, the the degree of difficulty on that game would would be much harder, right? Right. <laughs> so yeah, more. I, I, more or less. Um, uh, I feel like that would have a very very short uh, shelf life of appeal. Like, <laughs> like you know, you're you're, you're talking about how uh, potty humor with like te- like teenage boys or or, or right. kids in right. R rated movies like that uh, that wears out wears thin very quickly like yes. i feel like that would i would have a similar reaction to to that right right fair enough uh as you can probably tell from my seat all the way in all in all in all in all the time you've Just already wrote a script written a script <laughs> <laughs> okay let's let's move on to second major release coming out um richard jewell which is notable for being a, a Clint Eastwood uh, directed movie, and he's made some interesting um, movies, kind of what they're dubbing the American Hero series. 
I think the last one he did was Sully, and then he did American Sniper before that. And then this is coming, uh, following through with Richard Jewell. It would be an interesting story in itself to kind of see what kind of movie this turns out to be. It's obviously sort of a tragic story of, a, of an innocent man you know, framed for a horrific crime. Mm. Unfortunately, the political forces uh, at will have sort of taken a hold and sort of made this a, uh, a Battle Lines uh, movie where... Ugh. I- yeah, and... <laughs> So there's there's been issues with how they they're saying this movie is demonizing the press and the FBI, um, you know, because they tried to frame Richard Jewell to that point to which I say, well, yes, it happened. <laughs> yeah, mean, it was really yes, it happened. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want to happen? Have happen? Instead? I don't. I don't remember much about that when it actually happened, but I do remember him being accused of it, and then. A, like I don't remember if it was days or a week or a few weeks later, them saying like, "Yeah, he actually didn't do this." We're right. Sure. We, had, we got the wrong. We got the wrong guy. We got the wrong guy. Which I think the movie and, he, and by that point, his name had already been run through the mud. Right. Right. I mean, that was sort of the onset of the twenty four seven cable news yeah. cycle. How fast they were jumped on the story. Yeah. The the other the other controversy on this, which I think has some merit, is. The, there's there's word out of the reviews that there's a character, a female reporter, who is based on, not only based off, but is named after the real female reporter is involved in the story. And she's made out to kind of be like a slut. And like she sleeps with sources and she's really kind of dirty, a dirty reporter. And this is apparently not at all what the real reporter uh, looked like. And there's controversy about how Clint Eastwood is selling, and and this reporter is is dead, so she she's not here to to defend herself to defend herself, correct the record. Normally, I would say, look, it's a movie. There's plenty of movies that take liberties with the actual person. You know, the like the first example that jumps to mind is Social Network. Like the real uh, Mark Zuckerberg is not at all by most accounts how Jesse Eisenberg portrayed him out to be, but it's a fable. It's a, it's a story and that's, it's not the point to be a realistic portrayal. It was, you know, it's sort of, uh, yeah, you know, there's however, yeah, th- that said it would have been an easy fix. I think in Clint Eastwood's part to just make this journalistic, a fictional character, like give right. her a different name, like a comp- give her a different, make her, yeah, make her a composite character of like yeah, right. three or four journalists or whatever. Sure, and and I would and I get I probably know why you did, like you, when you're trying to dramatize this movie, you want it you want to make it so that the characters who are conspiring to frame the man Richard Jewell are not relatable characters. <laughs> you know, they're not they're like a character that makes you again it's 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 just storytelling that right you have to have an antagonist right it's it's one of the antagonists in the movie and it's like oh my gosh can Richard Jewell get out of this so when you're doing this on a true story and you're using real people's names again you're I think you're allowed to take liberties I think it's fair to say this is one liberty taken a bit too far um especially she's not around I do think people should calm down over it and like Still down, and let's remember that the real man whose name was sullied and was Richard Jewell, and that's what this movie is about. Um, but so there, there are some controversies. There's lots of people trying to say, "Don't see this movie." Clint Eastwood is a MAGA hatter. Um, if you want, if you like a free press, you know, don't go see this. But whatever, it's all nonsense. I do, but I want to get that pushed out of the way, and let's talk. Let's go back to the movie. 
Thank Ken, you your thoughts please. on Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Let's talk about Clint Eastwood, the director. What's your thoughts on his kind of latest, uh, his uh, latest director? Yeah, he's been, you know, Jersey Boys and Hereafter and Jay Edgar, um, you know, not as not as high up as, you know, Gran Torino and American Sniper and Sully and right. uh, The Mule and everything. But he's been, he's been for the better part of, I mean, well, he's been making, he's been directing for, since the seventies, right? Uh, but he's been doing a lot of really quality work this century. Uh, you know, even you know, going back to Mystic River and and Million Dollar Baby, Letters to Iwo Jima. Um, yeah, it's he's he's he works very fast as a director. He's not known for doing multiple takes and stuff like that. Right. So right. it's it's a very different uh, shooting schedule uh, for his movies compared to somebody else, uh, like a David Fincher. For yeah. instance, right. Um, so I, I like the economy of his movies. Um, yeah. There's usually not a whole, whole lot of fluff in them. Um, right. So yeah, just generally speaking, I'm I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of of him as a director. Yeah, I I think he's been a little hit or miss for me, and not not so much miss, but I think I'm my slightly underwhelming and and underutilized i think a couple of his movies like again let's take american sniper i think i think people really flocked to, it was a, a, a gigantic box office surprise um i i think people really flocked to the story of it um because again the stories just generally aren't told by hollywood especially in that kind of manner i thought he just misdirected a few crucial scenes there i think some of it was done really well um and i think he was very appropriate with how he treated the subject um he did a couple weird things like again i don't notice these things but that scene where the um the person's carrying a baby that clearly looks like a doll <laughs> i mean like even i noticed that right. you know so like it's also it's obviously a little stuff like that uh, I really liked what he did in Sully. I thought Sully was a much, I think, more complete effort on his part. But over, overall, he's clearly picking and choosing his subjects. Um, I think The Mule was sort of an interesting choice by his part to not mm. only direct but act in it. Um, so it's glad he's around. He's 88 years old, yeah. I think. So, you know, let's... Yeah, I hope he's, he, he's cranking out like a movie <laughs> a year almost. Right. It's, it, honestly, it's impressive. It is impressive. It is. I mean, I think... He had two just fact he starred in a, right. Just fact he started yeah. in a movie eighty eight years old is very super duper impressive. Yeah. So we'll see. I think uh, I think he's the right person to tell the story of Richard Jewell based on his work again with Sully and and American Sniper. So I think it's getting uh, pretty good reviews. I think it's uh, in the eighties right now for Rotten Tomato. I think yeah. the politicization of it could take it down a bit lower, but this could be a movie that people flock to again. So, so you're saying that you're saying you could get the first man treatment. Not following. Where, where, where uh, the narrative around the movie kind of uh, submarine uh, oh, the box first... office performance of a, a well reviewed, oh, right. <laughs> uh, well reviewed movie. Yeah, I mean, again, it couldn't it's... separate audiences couldn't separate the movie from the right. controversy uh, <laughs> that was you know generated around it. Right, manufactured right. around it, maybe. Well, it's it's funny. Uh, yeah, now that it's been at least somewhat politicized, you kind of throw your hands up in the air and say, "Who the heck knows?" Because now that I'm sure the MAGA the MAGA hatters will now flock to see this movie before oh, yeah. they're like 
Right now, it's oh, it's you know, because everything it's the is, fake news. It's taking down yeah. fake news. We gotta go see this. Um, uh, everything is a flight ninety three scenario, and everything is a um, part of the culture war now. Right, <laughs> that's right. Take arms to arms to arms. So yeah, we'll see if uh, this becomes an Oscar contender. I think the guy who's playing Richard Jewell is getting some some buzz for best either actor or supporting actor. Uh, he's a relative unknown, so good for him. Mm. Um, Let's get to see. Let's get to see. Don't see. Uh, we will do this. I think only have one, two, three, four, five, five, five categories. Uh, Clint Eastwood. All you know is he's directing the movie. See or don't see. Mm, I am probably at a two for that one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I am. I really want to be a two, but again, it's still a little messy for me as a director. I think I'm a one. One. John Hamm. All you know is John Hamm has a uh, ah, John Hamm. <laughs> Big fan. Um, yeah. Strong too. So still occasionally throws in some clunkers, but uh, right, right. Yeah, Don Draper. He's the man. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I'm a strong one or a weak two. I let's go two. Week two. Week two. Uh, all you know is the movie's about a true story of a man wrongly framed as a terrorist. That's all you know about it. You don't know about mm. it's Richard Jewell. You just know that that's the general plot. It could be fiction. It could be nonfiction. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. It did say true story. So, um, see or don't see. Yeah, I'm, uh, that sounds interesting to me. I, I As a general concept, uh, I, w- I would say probably a two. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, you know, always a good concept of... Uh, Frame, uh, framed for a crime you didn't commit. You know, it's a lot of the Mission Impossible movies, <laughs> and it's, it's uh, real it's even more compelling. I'm a two. North well. by Northwest, and uh, right. yeah, oh, it's tons, tons and tons, tons, of, tons movies. of movies, tons of really good movies. Sam Rockwell, oh, you know oh man, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm a three, three. I'm, I'm a, yes, uh, Sam Rockwell is one of Sam Rockwell is one of my favorites. Okay, I'm a, I'm a huge Sam Rockwell fan interesting yeah i think i like him i don't think he really compels me to see in the theater i'm like oh he's in it i'm a zero if he's if he's in the movie i'm checking i'm i'm wow. okay. it's on my radar and i'm probably gonna watch it all right all you know is about the movie is it's featuring uh, an up-and-coming actor in the really crucial role so mm. and that's featured in the trailer it's like okay it's starring john ham it's starring sam rockwell uh, directed by Clint Eastwood, and it features, you know, at blah 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 as blah 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 blah, you know, and it's, <laughs> blah 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 blah. Right, it's buzz. It's you know, it's a big performance, you know, right? <laughs> see or not see? Uh, I mean that probably a soft one or zero. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily. Yeah, I'll say zero. It doesn't move me one way or the other. Yeah. Um, I will say, yeah, I'll be honest. It's probably zero. At last, uh, all you know about the movie is the FBI and the media are villains in the movie. See or don't see? <laughs> Put on your uh, MAGA hat. <laughs> I will. You will never see me in a MAGA hat. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, Tony. Don't even go down that road. Um, I, I that that's a zero. That doesn't move me one way or the other. Yeah, um, I think the media is sort of an underrated, fun villain. Um, it, it, they're a villain in a lot of '80s movies, '80s and '90s movies, because and, they're always overzealous, trying to get yeah. the story. They didn't mind the, ruining people's lives, right? You know, exactly. Like, um, and also in the Spider-Man movies, J. Jonah Jameson, right? Rap scallion jerk. 
Right, and the FBI, you know, it's an underrated villain too because obviously they have a lot of power, and you know, they can really frame someone if they really want to. So, if that's the mountain you have to overcome, I, I think they're compelling uh, villains. I'm going. To, I'm a two. I'm a two oh. on it for non-political reasons. Oh. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> deep state. <laughs> okay, uh, you are a nine out of six categories. Wow. Yeah. I am a seven out of six categories. So all right, we're both we're both interested. Two bonus questions. Number one, uh, if the movie instead tried to make Richard Jewell the actual terrorist, like if it Ooh. still tried to make the case that he was the actual terrorist, even after it's obviously been proven, uh, more or less interested? Uh, less. I have no interest in. <laughs> I have very little interest in revisionist history. Okay. All right. <laughs> Me too. Uh, next, um, if the media and the FBI were not the villains, but instead they were the heroes, but a sinister corporate force was trying to make it seem like they were the villains in this. <laughs> so they really weren't overzealous. They really were trying to clear him. But, you know, somebody, Fox News, whoever, you know, the president, I don't, you know, President Bush, whoever. Oh, it was um, Clinton at the time. President Clinton, whoever, um, were trying to frame them. But uh, more or less interested Ah, uh, less. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, too clever by half. Right, right. When um, who's the guy that directed Cheney? Adam McKay. McKay, Adam McKay. Uh, when he reboots this movie in a few years, that that will be oh, the best. That, yeah, it's, be... <laughs> it's, it, that's twisting yourself into too many pretzels. That unnecessarily. Just tell the story. All right. Okay. Very good. So let's let's mention a couple of the movies coming out uh, this week. We have. So a couple of the movies, uh, again, in various forms of wide release. You have Black Christmas coming out, which is a remake of the, uh, some call it the uh, classic uh, horror movie. One of the first slasher movies uh, back in the 70s. Um, so that's coming out. No reviews yet on here. Uh, horror movies in December. There's usually one every year um, for some reason. So uh, this one, this is the one coming out this year. I'm not expecting a big opening. We have Uncut Gems, which uh, made waves when the trailer came out. Um, it was an unexpectedly kind of exciting trailer. Also kind of weird starring Adam Sandler in a uh, thriller where I think he gets into some gambling debts. He's involved with Kevin Garnett. Uh, his bookie is played by Mike Francesa. Uh, it's directed <laughs> by the Safdie brothers. I have no, honestly, I haven't seen the trailer and nothing of the plot. <laughs> and that is the craziest. That, that was the craziest sentence. Right. I think I've heard you utter on this podcast. I know. I was joking. Like, Adam Sandler this... gets into debt to Kevin Garnett, and his bookie is Mike Francesa. Right. I was like, is, what? This w... is this WFAN the movie? Like, I don't understand what the... what's going on here. Um, 90... But uh, 95% Rotten Tomato score right now. Um, the reviews are sensational. They make it seem like this is like an edge of your seat thriller that will leave you gasping for air by the end of it. Um, so it sounds like it could be really fun. I think it's a limited release this week. I think it's yeah, going to be probably a wide... just if I had to guess, I'd say New York and LA this weekend, and then it probably expands to more cities in the following week. Yeah, if it gets buzz, you know, mm. catch on, and then by Christmas, yeah. I think they're expecting a wide release by Christmas. Mm. Uh, we'll see. And then we have uh, Bombshell, which is another uh, mag- um, politicized movie 
uh, about the sexual harassment going on at Fox News under Roger Ailes. It stars Charlie Theron, Margot Robbie, and Nicole Kidman as various Fox News anchors. Um, I do want John to Lithgow quick... as Jabba the Hutt. Is that John I mean, Lithgow? Oh my! That's God. John Lithgow oh as, jo- as Jabba the Hutt <laughs> slash uh, Roger Ailes. Jedi. I do, want to give, <laughs> I do want to give a shout out to Charlize Theron. She is impeccable. She looks impeccably like Megan Kelly. Yeah, give so, credit to the makeup team, really. Right. So much so that that would be like if we did see, don't see that aspect of it, it would be the reason for me to go see the movie. Like, really, I would just yeah. be captive watching that for two hours. Just like, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, that's Megan Kelly. Um, I didn't, I didn't see a trailer until about two or three weeks ago in front. I can't remember what movie it was. Uh, I had uh, somehow avoided it, and I I saw it, and I was blown away by how true to life uh, the the actresses look like their counterparts. Yes, it's yes. incredible. Yeah. So uh, so that's a sixty one percent Rotten Tomato score. So that will be interesting. So Jumanji next level right now is eighty one percent. Richard Jewell eighty six percent. Ken, uh, do you want to read a couple reviews of uh, both those movies? Sure. Uh, let me pull that up real quick. Go with uh, Dan Morell of Screen Junkies. Positive review says, A diminished version of the original, which doesn't make it unwatchable, but I do wish that there had been more risk and innovation. Uh, We've also got Todd Gilchrist of Nerdist. The end result feels more like a re-upped franchise than a proper video game sequel, overpowering the cast's natural appeal with set pieces engineered more for a bigger scale than a better story. So it sounds like uh, the positive reviews are saying it's kind of falls into the sequelitis of make the first movie again, but just bigger. Mm-hmm. Right. But still entertaining. Um, <laughs> Rachel Wagner of Rachel Reviews uh, says there's nothing new here. It's like they got to old people jokes and gave up. <laughs> <laughs> What's so wrong with go. that? That's 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 yeah. what I say. I don't I don't see a right problem. up your lane. <laughs> uh, oh, actually, here's Jake Cole from Slant Magazine gives a negative review for all the emphasis on video game characters who can be swapped out on a whim. It's the players themselves who come across as the most thinly drawn and interchangeable beneath their avatars. That's a one out of four stars negative review. All right, let's move to Richard Jewell. Uh, let's see, Sarah Stewart from the New York Post is a tightly paced feature with strong performances all around. It's also one of the season's most politically polarized films. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Sullivan from Washington Post. Anchored by three top-notch performances and a story about the frightening possibility of false accusation, Richard Jewell is a handsomely made film. <laughs> but coming as it does in 2019, its vilification of reporters and the feds is even scarier. Oh, come on. <laughs> right. Oh. I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> just, uh, I, 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 seriously, I just stick my head either it's in, a, in either the Either it's a good movie or it isn't. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter whether it's timely or not. I, What's not, the opposite like, of timely? I don't, I don't, I don't like, know. I, I don't need culture war planting a flag... <laughs> On on movies in the theater, that's not what they're for. <laughs> All right, let's um, let's 
Let's get to a non-political good review here. Uh, Clint Eastwood is a master of finding a personal story and telling it well. No fancy bells and whistles are needed when you have a good story, and Richard Jewell is a great one. That's pa- Pamela go. Powell from Real Honest Reviews. <laughs> Paul Walter Hauser delivers one of the top performances of the year. It's from Danielle Solzman, Solzy at the Movies. Uh, let's find a ne- let's negative review. Uh, God. Uh, Stephanie Zakarik from Time Magazine. Richard Jewell is one of those expertly crafted pictures that reminded me how little I care for craftsmanship when a filmmaker's ugliest impulses are thrumming in the background. So basically, good movie, but <laughs> message I don't agree with, therefore it's bad. I mean, let me, let me see if she gave I don't see a star here. I'm just curious. Because she does say it's a very good movie, but um, the title of it is... Clint Eastwood's Richard Jewell tries to raise up the little guy, but it takes unnecessary shots in the process. Hmm. Meaning. <laughs> okay, Peter Travers of Rolling Stone. Top, uh, uh, Rotten Tomatoes top critic. Four out of five uh, score for this. Eastwood delivers a riveting take on this true tale of a security guard who was declared a hero for finding a bomb and then became the prime suspect. Paul Walter Hauser is perfection as Richard as is the great Kathy Bates as his loyal mother. Okay, I have to read this last paragraph of this uh, Stephanie Zakarik review. Oh, boy. Richard Am I going to want to punch a hole in my wall? Possibly. Richard right. Jewell is one of those expertly crafted pictures that reminded me how little I care for... Cra- this is the same as I read before. How little I care for craftsmanship when a filmmaker's ugliest impulses are thrumming in the background. For all its attributes, this isn't a nuanced portrait of a wrongly accused man. It's a squinty scowl aimed at a bunch of things plenty of Americans have already decided they adamantly do not like. The FBI, untrustworthy to the core. The government, too intrusive by half. Journalists, it's all fake news. Does Eastwood really believe that to raise up the little guy, you've got to destroy the value of everything else? It's hard to know. But sometimes the audience you're pandering to can overshadow what you're actually trying to say. I gotta move on. I'm I just... <laughs> oh my god! Right. Uh, Let's do some predictions. Thank yes, please. <laughs> um, uh, movies we're not gonna do predictions on, but we'll just mention real quick: Black Christmas, um, projecting in the fourteen million dollar range. Uh, yeah, anywhere from ten to twenty million. Um, it's actually a little higher than I would have would have said, but um, I just again, this is very crowded. But yeah, I guess the horror fans always like to see something. So Jumanji, uh, Jumanji has come down in its projections right now. It's in the forty to fifty million dollar range. I think there's a couple projections still as high as as high as like fifty five to sixty. Hmm. Um, this has come down. I think the initial tracking was in the seventy eighty million dollar range. Uh, Ken, what is your official prediction? Uh, I am going to say, well, the first movie came out at thirty-six million. Right. I'm going to say it's slightly higher. I'm going to say thirty-nine. I was gonna. So, a couple things we have to note here. So, one is the prior Jumanji movie came out after Star Wars. Came out Christmas. It did. This and one's coming up this time. Right. This one's coming up before, which is but there's also still interesting frozen tactic. Too. 
right they're still frozen i i i i think the original the came original came out open 36 that's kind of where i want to land i think i i'm just not sensing there's again a lot of people liked it there wasn't I don't think it was like, oh my gosh, that was so good. I've got to buy it on DVD and watch it five times. Yeah, kind of it definitely thing. had legs. It definitely had legs. Like People, huge legs. Yeah, it was a surprise. And it was a good plot and a good cast. So, I'm, I, 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 I'm, I, my instinct was basically go right at the number of, of the last one. So that's what I'm going to go. I'm going to go 36. I think it's going to disappoint a little bit. Uh, I mean, I, I said 39. I, I think I might end up regretting it. Yeah. Um, just because I mean we've I, remember we've talked a lot this year about sequels that underperformed. Yes, yes, the, of very successful movies too. Yeah, you know. So yeah, and again, something to keep in mind. Opening a couple weeks earlier. I, I don't know. I don't know if that was wise. Well, we'll see. Richard Jewell. Um, so we're kind of in the ten to fifteen million dollar camp here. Um, Ken, what what say you? I'm Richard Jewell. I will say, oh man, how many people wrap themselves, <laughs> you know, get their red hats fake, on. And fake, just, fake news, bring the news, oh, burn the gosh. newspapers during the, <laughs> uh, just have like a newspaper burning session, like outside the movie theater <laughs> before and after, um, I'm going to say 14 million. 14 i'm gonna go high on, yeah i'm going high on this i think with the good reviews i think the trailers i think it was good trailers i think there's a lot of free media this movie has gotten um i'm 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 going high i'm going do i go 20 Ooh. yeah i i i started 18 or 19 i'll, I'll go night what the heck i'll go 19 i'll go now you, you don't think there's any overlap with the frozen 2 audience <laughs> Absolutely. Bring the kids. <laughs> yell at fake news for two hours. <laughs> okay. So you had 14 million, right? Yes. Okay. So you had 14. I'm going 19. Okay. Uh, Uncut Gems and Bombshell have limited, uh, have limited releases. Although I think Bombshell... I think there was a number out for Bombshell. Uh, well, it's going, Bombshell's going wide next week, so... Uh, not expecting much in terms of numbers. So, all right, so that wraps up for this week. Uh, next week, big one. Mm. is Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, we'll see if our editor-in-chief wants to pop on for that one. We also have Cats. Oh, I don't want uh, him on. <laughs> He's just going to bash it. <laughs> uh, we have Cats and Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Uh, we will. It's going to be probably a, a long one. We have lots to get, lots to get into with both. Uh, we will we will preview. We were considering doing a two part uh, episode. We're probably gonna cram it all into one supersized uh, episode. So stay tuned for that next week, and then we'll have a separate episode. It'll come out pretty soon after Star Wars. Um, where we'll get into the Christmas releases. Uh, there's Little Women, Spies in Disguise. Um, we'll see if Uncut Gems comes out on December 25th as expected, and uh, we'll discuss those as well. And then that pretty much wraps up our 2020. Uh, after that, uh, we'll see. We're still we're still fleshing out our off season. Um, we'll definitely have content. It may not be box office preview content. It may be Oscars content. It could be a fantasy preview, like a 2020 movie preview. Uh, we will. You'll definitely uh, see some updates from us. 
Uh, but we will announce our schedule uh, as we figure it out in the next week or two. Uh, let's get to what do we have to plug? Uh, do, if you have questions for us, if you have C, don't see for next week, any type of question, you can email us at onstagebop at gmail.com. That's onstagebop at gmail.com. Please follow us on Twitter. You also follow it at onstagebop uh, as a Twitter handle. You can follow me at greggy333, Ken at kenjones81. Uh, we're also on Facebook. You can follow us there as well. Uh, Ken, what do you want us to read? Uh, what you oh. read? All kinds of stuff. Uh, <laughs> I just uh, posted today a uh, review for Jojo Rabbit. I got uh, my review for Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood posting soon. Uh, I will be writing about The Irishman, hopefully by the end of this week. Uh, I also posted um, what I consider to be the best order to watch Star Wars in. Um, so uh, going through the original trilogy the prequels and the sequel trilogy and all of the the spin-offs as well and what's the proper order to watch all of it in preparation for uh the rise of skywalker yeah and uh by the way i thought that was a great piece um i'm not sure i'm not sure i i've seen that anywhere else maybe so usually people argue where they argue i've seen i've seen a a few of them out there but uh i i didn't find I think I only found one that had the same order that I did. Yeah, I, I honestly think it's the correct order. Uh, I, after did, I, having, I, I never really considered it before reading yours, and I, I really yeah. think it's the correct order after reading it. So job Thank well done. You. Check it out. Uh, if, you, if you want the definitive correct order on it, uh, go go check out on Great. screen at onstageblog.com and uh, and check it out. And it's also... We, the piece is getting been... some buzz, we have to say. So, uh, is it? So oh, good. Be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good to know. Yeah. And uh, speaking speaking of Star Wars, um, the the long uh, prepped and uh, talked about <laughs> movie court episode, it's out. Post. It's finally out. Take we've a side. We've been teasing it for for over a month now. I know. Is the last <laughs> Jedi good? Is it bad? Take a side and take a That's listen. Right. We we will, we will render the final verdict on Last Jedi on that podcast. So go check it out. We had a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, we had a lot of fun doing that. All right. So again, next week, Cats and uh, the last and final Skywalker episode of Star Wars. We will break it all. (laughs) (laughs) We will break it all. We will break it all down for you next week. Until then, if you're going to see Richard Jewell, you're going to see Jumanji, or even if you're making it to Uncut Gems or Bombshell, Uh, Go have fun. Go see the movies. Go tell us all about it on our social media pages. Until then, we'll see you next week. Adios.